Tennessee is coming off of their best season in over two decades, beating Alabama 52-49 to and beating ACC champion Clemson in the Orange Bowl 31-14 to were the biggest highlights of the entire season. Josh Heupel and his staff and his team capped off an 11-2 season with a 6-2 record in conference play. They finished 6th in the final AP poll and 5th in the simple ranking system, according to sportsreference.com. They had the Bolitnikoff Award winner, an award given to the nation's best wide receiver, who last year, according to the award, was Jalen Hyatt. I personally think it was Marvin Harrison Jr., but I digress. I don't give out the awards. Tennessee had another awesome wide receiver on their team in Cedric Tillman. He was unfortunately hampered by injuries for the early to middle part of the season, but Overall, still great wide receiver. Him and Hyatt actually got drafted in the third round of the NFL draft. And Tennessee also had a quarterback who, barring injury against South Carolina late November, would have went to the Heisman ceremony and probably would have gotten drafted in the first round instead of the second round. Hendon Hooker was an awesome quarterback. He was an elite quarterback. He was top three in QBR last season. Top three. Phenomenal player, phenomenal playmaker. He finished 2022 with a 175.5 passer rating, 27 passing touchdowns, and only two passing interceptions, averaging nine and a half yards per pass attempt with 3,135 yards. Honestly, quite the quarterback. And his backup Joel Milton is going to be starting this season. And Joel Milton had 971 passing yards. He averaged 11.8 yards per pass attempt. He threw for 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. And counting the several games he came in in garbage time, along with the Vanderbilt and Clemson games where he started, he had a 204.3 passer rating as Tennessee's backup quarterback with two starts. Very impressive arm talent, 6'5", huge player, lot of potential, but an unproven player as well. So we will see how Joe Milton does, but I think for the most part, Tennessee's offense is going to continue to do Tennessee things. And after Joe Milton leaves, it will be Nico Iamaliva who steps up. And after him, it will be some other quarterback. Tennessee currently has a four-star in the 2024 recruiting class. So Tennessee's identity on offense, which is scoring fast, up-tempo, stretching the bounds of play, deep wide receiver threat. And also, this is something a lot of people don't think about with Tennessee, but on offense, they ran more rushing plays than passing plays last year. They have an extremely underrated running back duo in Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. Jabari Small last season had 734 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. Jalen Wright had 10 rushing touchdowns and 875 rushing yards. So, very underrated running back duo. At wide receiver, they have Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, Brew McCoy, the yards-after-catch type of wide receiver, and they also brought an explosive transfer, Dante Thornton Jr. from Oregon. So offensively, I think Tennessee is set 
in the near future and in the distant future as well. Josh Heupel is a wizard on offense, and he has a reputation of constantly having scoring offenses and total offenses that reside in the top 25, 20, 15, 10, and this year, the best. They were number one in both total offense and scoring offense. Absolutely beautiful performances against Alabama, Clemson, and even in their second loss against South Carolina, they still scored 38 points, and they hung 44 points on Kentucky's defense. The problem against South Carolina wasn't a problem against Kentucky. They held the Wildcats to six points. The problem with South Carolina was the secondary and the defense and also the mentality of the team. I remember hearing a defensive player for the Volunteers say that they just overlooked South Carolina. They thought that it would be no big deal and they they could just coast against them on the road in Williams-Brice Stadium, which is loud, electric, and Shane Beamer... He's a total culture guy. And by culture guy, I mean like a guy who can come in and immediately, and is like a magnet, just takes over everything around him with his personality and with who he is. And that's what Shane Beamer has done at South Carolina. And that win over Tennessee and the following week's win over Clemson has really propelled him on a trajectory that could be similar to Josh Heupel's at Tennessee. So the SEC and the SEC East specifically are on a rise, in my opinion, and that's very exciting. Now, when it comes to contending for the conference and contending for the college football playoff, contending for those things looks bleak, in my opinion, in the near and immediate future for Tennessee. And that's because Georgia exists. It's because Georgia, for more than five years now, has consistently recruited At a top five level, Georgia's quarterback room and wide receiver rooms are the best they've ever been. Their offense under Kirby Smart is the best that it's ever been. And defensively, they're not going anywhere. I think Georgia is the only team, the only team in college football who is guaranteed to reach their conference championship game. And that's taking into account crazy scenarios, like potentially Tennessee upsetting Georgia when they visit Neyland Stadium late in November. Georgia's schedule is too easy, and they have too much depth, talent, and coaching to lose more than one regular season game. And unfortunately, if you're a team like Tennessee, or 90 to 95% of teams in college football in Division I FBS, your ceiling is probably, win- is probably winning 11, 12, maybe 13 games but you're going to lose at least one or two. And in Tennessee's case, with Alabama on their schedule, with Georgia on their schedule, they also play Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee in 2023 as well. They have a host UTSA, underrated group of five team who should be good, potentially top 25. They play Virginia in a neutral site. They host Texas A&M, play at Mizzou. I think that Tennessee, at best, will have a 10-2 record again this season. And since Georgia, I think, at worst, will have an 11-1 record, that means, that totally means that Georgia will win the SEC East. I think they're a lock to win their division. And that's even from a preseason perspective before we see Georgia take the field against a team that isn't, you know, Georgia's 
two deep or three deep or Georgia's defensive team or their, you know, red and white teams in the spring game, for example. But that's just this year, maybe 2024, but in 2024, it will now be a round-robin schedule. It'll no longer be the East, the West, etc. And we don't know what rivalries Tennessee will or won't keep in the long term outside of, obviously, the third Saturday in October, the rivalry game versus Alabama. The Volunteers obviously have some hurdles to jump over before they can win a national championship and win the SEC championship, but they signed a top 10 high school recruiting class last season, which was 10th in the country, and they signed the number 11 overall recruiting class last year with 34 total commits. The biggest highlight of the 2023 recruiting class was quarterback Nico Iamaliva, who is the second best overall high school recruit in the 2023 cycle. David Hobbs was another great player who was a top 50 defensive lineman from North Carolina and many others as well. Some incoming transfers such as Gabe Judy Lely, a cornerback from BYU who was rated as a four-star, John Campbell Jr., a four-star offensive tackle, Dante Thornton Jr., a four-star wide receiver from Oregon, and Keenan Peely, a linebacker from BYU, who is rated as a four-star as well. So a lot of different players coming in to Tennessee, both who have had college experience and who have only had high school experience. But the future is looking bright in terms of the 2023 class and also the 2024 class. So Tennessee is recruiting at a high level. Now, was it top 10? No. Will they need to recruit in the top 10 if they want to consistently win the SEC and potentially win a national championship or at least contend for one? I think so. I think that's especially the case given the style of football they play. But we'll have to wait and see. Josh Heupel just completed year two at Tennessee, only his second year as a Power 5 head coach, and they went 11-2. and two. They did immediately, basically, what Jeremy Pruitt and Butch Jones could never do at Tennessee. So we'll have to wait and see. Josh Heupel's a good head coach, a great head coach, and I think that he's assembled quite the staff. And the scheme that he uses, it works. And some will criticize it, just like how they criticize Michigan's scheme, or people will nitpick anything these days. So if you're a Tennessee fan, you just went 11-2 and and won the Orange Bowl. And I think that if there is a school that doesn't recruit at the highest level but can win it all, to have a generational talent at quarterback or at least a unicorn at one position can help make up for maybe the lack of overall depth. And Tennessee seems to be recruiting or at least developing unicorns at quarterback and wide receiver. Some of it's schematics, but other parts of it is just developing the individual player. And after Nico Iamaliva inevitably runs out of eligibility, which will happen sooner rather than later, Jake Merklinger will likely take over. Rated as a top 200 player and the 11th best quarterback in the country, he is Tennessee's highest commit so far for the 2024 recruiting class. Mike Matthews is a five-star wide receiver from Georgia, the eighth-best wide receiver in the country, and he currently, he actually has a crystal ball by Steve Wiltfong 
for Tennessee, and he is announcing his commitment tomorrow. So him landing at Tennessee would be huge. It'd be a humongous get for the program. So recruiting right now, I would say, is doing well. If Mike Matthews commits to Tennessee tomorrow, Tennessee recruiting is going to be absolutely on fire. If they can pull in consistent top 10 classes, that doesn't mean every year, but that means most years, and adding Mike Matthews will help in that, they can compete for the SEC, not just for an appearance in the championship game after the East and West are abolished, but they can compete to win enough games in the round-robin schedule to reach Atlanta and also win in Atlanta. I think that Josh Heupel's offense will once again lead the SEC in scoring in 2023, and I expect similar statistics, even with the departures of Hyatt and Tillman and Hendon Hooker. I expect around mid-40s in points per game, like 44, 45, 46. There probably will be some small drop-off, especially since I think Alabama's going to have a better defense. I think that Joe Milton won't have the same accuracy and will have a lower floor than Hendon Hooker. But on the contrary, he will have a higher ceiling. He has a much better arm talent than Hendon Hooker does and a bigger and better frame. So we'll have to see with many of these things. Again, the first or second Saturday is when you learn more about your team than you ever could have learned in the preseason. I expect Milton, at worst, to be a far superior quarterback still compared to what he was at Michigan in 2020. He was a project at Michigan, and at Tennessee, I don't think he's going to be that whatsoever. I think Josh Heupel and Joe Milton now with more experience and more maturity, I think that's going to work very well together. Offensively, again, the defense I expect to relatively stay the same. At linebacker, there are some nice young players rising up. On the defensive line, there are key pieces that come back. For example, Tyler Barron, Omari Thomas, Bryson Eason, and Roman Harrison. The defensive line should be the strength of this defense. Secondary, again, will probably be the weakness. It was one of the worst secondaries in the SEC last year. I expect that to be relatively the same. The offensive line will be the biggest area of regression on Tennessee. They lost a first-rounder and one of their guards to the NFL. Center Cooper Mays returns, and he'll be one of the better centers in the SEC, but his support offensive lineman won't play at nearly the level that he does. The current projected starters on the offensive line outside of Mays at center is Ali Lane, and Javantes Spragans at left guard and right guard, and at left tackle, John Campbell Jr., an incoming transfer who's a senior, and Gerald Mincy are the projected tackles. So on the offensive line, and the offensive line I think is probably the biggest position outside of quarterback on the offense because the offensive line's the glue that holds everything together. You have good pass protection, you have holes opened up in the run game. That's how explosive plays and that's how scoring plays happen. If you have a great quarterback, but, for example, there's a huge mismatch in your disadvantage at the line of scrimmage, it may not matter. Look at the Georgia-Tennessee game last year. Look at Caleb Williams running for his life against Utah, whether healthy or injured. Having a line of scrimmage advantage is Huge, And I think that's something that's not necessarily going to be in Tennessee's favor this year. But last year, they had a good, great offensive line. They were 
announced on the mid-season watch list for the Joe Moore Award, and they do have an underrated running back room. This is something that I want to finish off with, is that Tennessee's thought of as this air raid team that just can't stop passing the ball. And that's where a lot of their big, exciting plays, especially highlight plays, are seen. But behind the scenes, what many of us often don't see is the fact that they had two running backs who had over 700 rushing yards. And those two running backs, Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, are back with the team this season. They had 23 total rushing touchdowns last season, over 100 receiving yards, and they had 1,600 rushing yards. And they're returning. So I look at this running back room. Um, Jabari Small also had two receiving touchdowns, by the way. And the skill position is awesome. Wide receiver, once again, it should be one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. Quarterback, there's just such a high ceiling there, but we're going to have to see what Joe Milton does. Because playing against Vanderbilt and a Clemson team that was probably somewhat demoralized and also down some of their best players in the Orange Bowl, we're going to have to see more than that before we declare Joe Milton to be even better than Hendon Hooker. Defensively, I do expect some regression. Tennessee was just so good last year. And if they beat South Carolina on that night, which is a mistake that I think Josh Heupel is going to look at and he's hopefully not going to allow again is overlooking a team that badly. If they beat South Carolina and if Hendon Hooker stays healthy, they would have been that fourth team in the college football playoff. Because comparing Ohio State and Tennessee, if Tennessee beat South Carolina, Tennessee lost to number one Georgia on the road. Ohio State lost to number two Michigan at home. Tennessee, by just scoring points and margin of defeat, played a closer game than Ohio State did versus Michigan. Tennessee also lost earlier in the season, and earlier losses help. And the SEC definitely, at least according to the metrics that the playoff committee or ESPN or these other sources use, playing in the SEC, especially when you have Alabama and Georgia on your schedule, you're going to have the better strength of schedule, the better strength of record. They would have gotten in and would have matched up with either Michigan or in a rematch in the semifinal with Georgia. So Tennessee almost did it last year, almost winning the conference and probably got closer to reaching the college football playoff. So I think they can do it for sure and actually reach there in the future. I don't think that will be the case in 2023. I'm personally in 2023 expecting a 10-3, and 9-4 and four record, some regression compared to last season, but all in all, they'll be a great team. They'll be a top 20 team for sure, in my opinion. And beyond that, we'll just have to see. But the future, especially at quarterback and on offense, looks bright. Thank you guys for watching this video. If you liked it, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, comment your thoughts on Tennessee football down below. What are some of your predictions for Tennessee this year, and where do you have them finishing nationally and in the SEC? Thank you guys for watching. And if you're listening on Spotify, Amazon or Apple podcasts, please make sure to follow the channel. Have a great day, guys.